First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to another special series on the Compliance Podcast Network of Adventures in Compliance. First, a word from our sponsor, the Compliance Masterclass. Are you interested in the most comprehensive compliance training class around? If you want to hear from a true subject matter expert in the nuts and bolts of compliance, then my Doing Compliance Masterclass training is the compliance training class for you. It is unlike any other class being offered. The Compliance Masterclass is not theory or analytical underpinnings of the FCPA. The focus of the Compliance Masterclass is on the operationalization of compliance, for it is only in the doing of compliance that companies have a real chance of avoiding FCPA liability. I hope you will consider my Doing Compliance Masterclass. The next class will be held in New York City on November 12th and 13th. For more information, check out my site, www.fcpacompliancereport.com. Over the next five podcasts in the Adventures in Compliance series, we're going to take a look at compliance issues through the lens of Sherlock Holmes novels. So we're going to start with The Hound of the Baskervilles and 90 Days to Innovation. We're going to take a look at Sign of Four and Innovation. We're going to consider Valley of Fear and Virtual Teams. And finally, A Study in Scarlet and Using Power. We're going to conclude this week's special series with a few thoughts of Sherlock Holmes as a teacher. I hope that you will enjoy Adventures in Compliance and you will find them useful in your compliance practice going forward. Adventures in Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. The Valley of Fear and Virtual Teams. In this podcast, we celebrate Conan Doyle's final novel, The Valley of Fear. This novel was written in 1914 and serialized in the Strand Magazine between 1914 and 1915. It was notable for two reasons. The first is that it was at least inspired by events in America involving the Molly Maguires, the Pinkerton Agency, and its undercover agent, James McParland. In the story, Holmes decodes a cipher from Professor Moriarty's organization from a person named Douglas in Burlstone. It is discovered that there is a corpse who was an assassin sent to kill Mr. Douglas. Douglas literally blew the head off his American assassin and dressed the body as himself. Holmes intoned that a dumbbell weighed down killer clothes, clothes in a moat. The assassin left a calling card monikered VV341, which was a code for the Vermissa Valley Lodge 341. This was a reference to the undercover work that Douglas did years before for the Pinkerton Agency when he went undercover, first with a Freeman in Chicago, then west to a desolate mountain coal mining area to take down the corrupt murderers who ran the Valley Freeman Lodge. Years later, the U.S. criminals enlisted Professor Moriarty to find Douglas. 
Holmes warns Douglas to flee England. But Moriarty prevails, and the story ends with Mrs. Douglas writing Holmes that her husband was lost overboard on his way to Africa. This final Holmes novel, with its multi-continent settings, <clears throat> informs a issue, uh, an article in an issue of the Harvard Business Review entitled Managing Yourself, Getting Virtual Teams Right. I thought this was very applicable as any compliance function will probably have a global reach and will most likely have a number of personnel in cities across the globe so that virtual compliance teams are almost a given. The appeal of forming virtual teams is clear. Employees can manage their work and personal lives more flexibly and they have the opportunity to interact with colleagues literally around the world. Companies can use the best and lowest cost global talent and significantly reduce their real estate cost. But in the compliance arena, this must go past a simple appeal and become a true need. This means mastering the most valuable and the necessary tool that a compliance practitioner can do and become proficient in using. While the skill may seem straightforward or even intuitive, the effective use of virtual teams can greatly increase productivity. There are four must-haves, the right team, the right leadership, the right touch points, and the right technology. I'm going to take each one of these in turn. What is the right team? Your team compositions is your beginning point. You need to consider the right people, the right size, and the right role. This means that virtual teams have an appropriate set of abilities such as good communication skills, high emotional intelligence, and ability to work independently, and the resilience to recover from snafus that inevitably arise. Awareness of and sensitivity to other cultures is also an important factor in global groups. This equates to a team that is no larger than 10 persons. You must have th- you should have three tiers of team members, core operational and outer. The core team executes the day-to-day or rather responsibility for strategy. The operational group makes leads and makes day-to-day decisions about work but doesn't tackle the larger issues handled by the core. And the outer group consists of part-time or temporary team members who are brought in for a particular stage of the project because of their specialized expertise. What about the right leadership? There are key behaviors that are critical to any in any virtual teams. The first is trust. You should know you should provide the opportunity for team members to get to know each other if only through a virtual format. Once trust is established, the next step is to foster open dialogue through observable candor because without frankness among team members it will not succeed. Finally, it is important to clarify goals and guidelines or the importance of establishing a common purpose or vision, while also framing the work in terms of team members' individual needs and ambitions. Explain to everyone why you're coming together and what the benefits will result therefrom. Keep reiterating this message. Next, the right touch points. Even virtual teams need to come together at certain key points. There are three. Kickoff, onboarding, and milestones. Getting together at kickoff will allow everyone to put a face with a name and help set expectations for trust and candor and clarifying team goals and behavior guidelines. Eye contact and body language help to kindle personal connections and the swift trust that allows a group of strangers to work together before long-term bonds develop. 
Onboarding is when you bring a new person onto the virtual team, and it can be intimidating to come on board a team after it is up and running. A new person to a corporate office and welcome them to the team. Even if the most dedicated team members lose momentum, they could begin to become disconnected. To counteract this, you should bring the full team together at certain intervals. Finally, the right technology, as even the best team can be felled by poor technology. This can be conference calling, direct calling, text messaging, virtual team rooms, which can make the virtual team experience open and searchable and making it easy for existing teams to find subject matter exports or experts or review their own work and form ad hoc teams around business-related passions. A few self-interested parties organized in the virtual teams to create a system that can document the individual cost savings over time can be very critical going forward. As people begin to, begin to compete for the biggest savings, companies benefit. The earliest virtual teams were formed to facilitate innovation among top experts around the world who did not have the time to trouble travel. However, in today's corporate environment and the compliance environment specifically, teams of physically dispersed employees are often more than just a necessity of doing business. The compliance function will almost always be dispersed across a wide variety of areas, including multinational areas. Some of the tips I have laid out in this podcast will help you run a more efficient organization while allowing greater flexibility going forward. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Compliance, and you will join me again tomorrow for our next episode where we take up a study in Scarlet and using power in the compliance function. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Adventures in Compliance on the intersection of Sherlock Holmes and the compliance function. If you're interested in the top compliance masterclass, I hope you'll plan to join me in New York on November 12 and 13. Adventures in Compliance has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.